Oh, wig. It's hot local singles. Hot. Local. Singles. Welcome to Hot Local Singles, the podcast about music and how it's kind of gay. <laughs> I'm Josh. Hi, Josh. <laughs> this is Juan. And that intro was my Saturday. It's beautiful. Came out of Ableton minutes ago. <laughs> Fresh off the press. <laughs> it's not only beautiful, groundbreaking, unafraid to reference, but also very topical because it's sort of a remix of our mm-hmm. previous intro. It kind of is. And yeah. guess what? Today we'll be talking about remixes. Ah, look at that. Look at that. Um, so yeah, we decided over the phone recently that we're, we would do a remix episode mm-hmm. because there's been a lot of remixes coming out, a lot of discourse around remixes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we'll be talking to Alipa, Katy Perry, Chloe and Halle. Mm-hmm. How do you feel generally about remixes, Josh? Do you stand a remix or do you find them to be annoying? Some of my favorite songs are remixes. Mm. I would I would argue. And you'd say that actually. You have that like remix, like that year for remixes. You really love like a dance. Yeah, I do. Deconstructed. Yeah. Safe to say that's why I was so like shaken to my core about the discourse around the Dua Lipa remix album. Because like. Welcome to. These twinks just had no fucking idea what they were talking about, did they? (laughs) It really, it really bothered me. Yeah, you were, you were, that was like the hill that you decided to die on. And there's been so many issues. I was engaging. Yeah, there, there's so many issues, political, social, musical, Stop. that have gone through the discourse. <laughs> and Josh engages, but doesn't really put his whole soul into them. But oh, the I club future nostalgia that. thing was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Masters at Work remix no, of Pretty Please. <laughs> this is not for right I now. Mean, this is for later in the episode, yeah. I've never been the biggest fan of remixes. I'm... Don't even know why. I'm the kind of I'm very basic that way. Like if I like a song and I see someone like fuck it up or change it up even mm-hmm. the slightest, I get so angry. Like when you you're singing a song and you know exactly what's coming next and then suddenly it doesn't. It's like Yeah. The feeling when you're like sleeping and then you feel like you're like you're falling in your dream and you wake up and you're like, <gasps> You like snap that's awake. I, yeah. That's Ooh, what I hate to me that when you listen. Yeah. That's what happens to me with remixes. But not really, not anymore. That happened to me with some of these songs, actually. But in other cases, they made the original song better, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's let's find a smash or two, shall we? We will be writing these hotter local, I believe. I'm going to ask you how your like week's been at the end. Okay. So that's for real heads only. So stick around for yeah, that. For the fans. Yeah. So let's start with this one. This is Lovita Nuova, A.G. Cook remix. How do you feel about this song? Of a classic. Yeah. Well, the song in our heads is a bit of a classic. Or like we really stand it in the pod. I think we made it up. Not a smash, definitely hot back in the day. We loved it. Yeah. I love it still. And I like the remix quite a bit, actually. I've become really, I've really started to like A.G. Cook's remixes because that remix he did of Money, of Money Machine by 100,000 gigs, I forget. <laughs> that remix was so fucking good and this one is kind of similar actually it takes a more f- like fast tempo hyper song and tones it down a bit which is an interesting move for a remix because often it's the opposite right hmm. like when i think of remix i think summertime sadness where like it's where it was made into this like dance song hmm. here he does kind of like a different gesture of like making it a bit more chill experimental or whatever it's kind of mostly a build-up isn't it context here is that Christina and the Queens released an EP of these remixes, right? So she released them in two parts and I've heard them all. And something like, there's something twisted about them to me and that is that I think only two out of the seven even give a moment of time to Caroline Polacek. 
And in my mind, like that was always the best part of the song. And it's a really, really solid song to begin with. I love Love Vita Nova. That came out this year. Like that's some of the best music of Crazy. the year. But there's nothing like that verse. Like in the world on this. Like it's so good. It's just confusing yeah. that five DJs decided they didn't need to include it. Like that's baffling to me. Seems like they all disagree with your opinion. I mean, yeah. I'm wondering if like yeah. it was hard to fit into their remix. Like, I don't know. Usually vocal runs are like so perfect for remixes, but mm. they should just pop right in, right? But I guess they didn't. I feel like that's like the nature of the remix. You have to like compromise something, right? You have to like get rid of something that worked. So that's always hard. And it goes to what I was saying about my relationship to remixes. If it's a song that you like, I know. When you see it like change, they're gonna have to get rid of something to add the new. And they've they've got rid of the thing that you like, it feels devastating. You're right. That's what happened. Devastating. I really like this remix though. Yeah, I, I like it. I feel like a little bit pandered to when it drops, I'll be honest, but it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically for Joshi. Yeah. I like remixes like this one that just like focus on what's like what to me was, which is agree, like the strongest thing about the song. Because to me the strongest thing was like Christine's like Michael Jackson-esque mm. vocals. Like um Okay, adding that to the intro next week. So he like retained that and like gave it a whole new life. I thought it was really interesting. I feel like it's just like a different song though. And yeah. like, here's the thing. How do you measure the success of a remix? Like, I feel like a remix is successful when you stop listening to the original, but that rarely happens. Whoa. Like when the remix is better than the original, that's like real. Yeah, that's possible. Remix hours. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, but I feel like it's very rare. I don't think that's going to happen with this one. I will say the no. Tiger and Woods remix on the EP uses caroline in a nice way but it's a much more minimal remix overall love it i think the the song deserves eight remixes you know seven remixes yeah i really like the planning to rock queered version remix. that one is so queer like yeah the <laughs> Truly it's like queered. it's like a it's like a dance like a gay club dance kind of remix <laughs> which i think is my favorite kind of remix nowadays mm-hmm but I really liked it. I don't know. It worked really well. It works like really well with like the basic melodies of the song. The AJ mm-hmm. Cook one is more like a deconstruction than it is a remix. It's like weird. Deconstruction is like a way to put it. How does it even end? It drops into like a vaguely 80s. Right. But like pots and pans vibe. <laughs> pots and pans. I think it's a hard remix though. I think, uh, I think Christine and the Queens chose like good people to do this mm-hmm. which as we'll talk later like a remix it's just fully dependent on who remixes it obviously mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm gonna give it a hot i think i'll give it a hot it's not for everyone which i think is like a defining feature of a hot song hot track that's tea like no literally anything that is appeals to everyone is local my favorite slogan like in general of all time was for um don't hang up my favorite slogan of all time is because I'm worth it. Oh my God. <laughs> no, this is the only the first one I could think of. The it audience. was a Dis Magazine slogan and it was not for everyone. Not and that's true. like, that's stuck with me ever since because at this point it is for everyone. Like everything looks like Dis Magazine now. Like yeah. has that surrealist like. Like a, like a Ryan Tricartan. Yeah. A bit bizarre yeah. abject. Well, yeah. Abject. Everything's abject now. Everything was abject in like 2018. We stopped talking about abject. Remember when we used abject in the chat all the time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things are more abject than ever. Yeah. And actually this AG Cook remix is a perfect example of it. There's <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, yeah, no, totally though. It is like, okay, that's it because it's like, it's a, the original song is a very beautiful song. It's a very. It's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. And this is not. Like it works, but it's not like the first impulse when you listen to this to this remix. It's not like, oh, this is beautiful. No, it's more like, like yeah, like an objective version of it, like an ugly version of the original song. Yeah, H.U. Cook has like a dark soul. I feel sometimes. I agree that, with like, you. Actually, that three-hour album really revealed that to me. Yeah, and I think his remixes do that, and like in a way, that's like the main project of the like PC music industrial complex is to make everything a bit more abject, like make pop music more. Mm. Gross. In a good yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. 
like less beautiful. Yeah, like actually. saturate the colors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Submitting my thesis on that one. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> In this essay, I will. <laughs> okay, let's do our next song. Yeah, you know we like the touching and the loving, and we don't need no husband in the function. So I keep it coming, yeah, you know I'll be ready. So give me that loving all. Drop that ass to the flow. Here's to the pretty young thing with the big old goals. We don't gotta act nice, we don't gotta act right. We never causing no fights, but I still give it a smoke. Yeah, I swear, I, you call my eye. But boy, I ain't worried about you tonight I, We going on and on They keep on playing the song And we gonna do it, do it, do it Till the early morn Our next song is Do It, Chloe and Hallie Another song that we like, the original I know, we did Let it We be do love this song mm-hmm. And this time it's featuring 300 other women 300 Doja Cat, <laughs> City Girls, and Mulatto Exactly, 300 is that's again like my first issue with this and by my tone you already know where i'm going i didn't like yeah this i do remix. <laughs> i didn't like this remix at all. <laughs> first of all who remixed this when you don't even know who remixed a remix you know it's gonna be bad right well that makes it a like a rap remix in a way yeah there's two kinds of remixes in this world the like dance remix and then the rap remix like the mariah yeah. carey type remix where she like where you just yep. include a couple of verses yeah but no, with a Mariah Carey or like a J-Lo remix, sometimes the song changes completely. You're right. Yeah, the J-Lo specifically, like, yeah. I'm thinking yeah. of like, I'm real or whatever, yeah. Totally that one, yeah. <laughs> Baffling. Like, yeah. So this one, the instrumental is pretty much the same. There's some percussion changes that honestly I hate, but overall it's a very similar song. But it has like less of a bounce than the original one does, which to me was like a defining feature of the original song. Absolutely. But anyway, how do you feel about, let's go through the verses. How do you feel about Doja Cat? She starts the song. She starts the song and I can see why. I think it's the best verse out of yeah. them. But again, it feels like me, like to me, it feels too much like the Doja Cat remix of Say So with Nikki, mm-hmm. where it's just like an added, like obviously it's Corona. So you know that for sure they never were in the same studio. So there's no... They never felt the vibe of the song together. There has nothing. It was just like a commission. Someone called Doja Cat's manager being like, do you have a verse lying around for this song? She was like, yeah, sure. It just feels so disjointed. Very like corporate to me. Just like, Hmm. it wasn't done for like the love of the song or for the love of music to like explore different ways the song could go. It was done to fluff it up in the charts. That being said, Hmm. their original question was like, I like the Doja Cat remix the best. I like it. It's fine. The verse. Yeah. I like it the best too. My complaint though isn't mm. with the Dojo Cat remix, it's how it continues, yes. which is with the first verse of the original song. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like I'm already into the song. Like I don't need an intro to the song again. <laughs> like I think it should have started with the second Chloe verse, or at least right. like the second half of the first, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's just because I know every damn word of that original song. Because I guess that verse so that's served, my complaint. Yeah, okay, no, and you're right. Because that verse in the original song serves the purpose to intro, which Doja already did for us. Then it's a pre-chorus. I'm looking at the lyrics right now. <laughs> and this actually really annoyed me too, because it's a pre-chorus with like Doja Cat screaming in between. Call and response, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I think is really funny. I don't hate it that much. I don't, I don't care about that shit. Like, it's funny when people like Playboy Cardi do it. Because it's like, it's like yeah, 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 over the track. But like... It's fine. I didn't really. I didn't care that much. Then it's the chorus. So basically, City Girls and Mulatto. And th- here's the question: Did we need them? Did we need four different f- new verses on this remix? It would have even been better if they had done four different remixes, maybe. Yeah. Since they already paid these women to do a verse, they might as well just do four different products they can sell. I don't know. But it does suck when a remix is just one verse at the yeah. very beginning. And no, you're the rest right. is the same. Yeah. Which is like the Doja Cat Say So remix, yeah. 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 So I liked the Mulatto verse better than the City Girls, but mm-hmm. overall, like, I'm not sure. But then we do have a new Chloe verse at the very end, don't we? We do. And I just, I just realized after you said that. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Or if I did get that far, I just didn't even register as a new verse. It's pretty good. Chloe sounds amazing. Did you see them live at the VMAs? No, I saw a thumbnail and I didn't click it. Oh yeah, that right. was when Azalea was dragging them for wearing that, um, what's the name of the designer? 
Mugler, that Mugler look that Beyonce wore in Sweet yes. Dreams. And she yeah. was like, they're derivative or whatever. <laughs> I love Azalea. She's kind of right about that. She's like always right. Yeah. She's always a bit right. She's not, yeah. She's always like a bit too extreme about her opinions, but she like right. gets to like the core of what the problem yeah, yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. But the performance was pretty good. I guess it wasn't really live after, after the fact they learned that they weren't actually live. Mm-hmm. But they sounded so fucking good. They're always good. Yeah. Literally. I'm learning from genius.com that Holly mm-hmm. only sings the bridge right before the final verse. Yeah. That's what I saw earlier. And I was saying that she's pulling uh, Michelle Williams from Destiny's no. Child. Well, that's what that was her job was, right? Like she always sang the bridges and that's it. Definitely. She did. Poor Michelle. And listen, she rocked them. She was amazing at them, but that was her job. 100%. Yeah. So in terms of the binary, as much as I love the girls, this is local. This is just, to me, like such a label remix without any like real artist artistry or like love for the song, which I'm sure they do love it, but I just don't see it here. I mean, how could you not? Yeah. Do we want to talk about the cover art? <laughs> <laughs> Please go first. <laughs> <laughs> like an airbrushed fantasy there's something to it but it's like a bit of a disaster yeah i mean it's not the worst it's just like once you commit to the drawing or like it's a good drawing or good animation or whatever. yeah <laughs> yeah literally but it's a photo <laughs> it's like when you go to the pier or like a beach yeah and they're selling airbrushed t-shirts like caricatures yeah, exactly. it's like that totally yeah, yeah, yeah totally that like central park caricature for like five dollars look yeah. Um, I would actually love to see like a cover for an album like that. Like Smile should have been that actually. Yeah. <laughs> right? oh my God, <laughs> smile. It took me a second. It also looks like they should be holding like an apple or like a peach in front of <laughs> <laughs> A peach. That's <laughs> a diamond because they live in LA probably. I love that idea. Anyways, it's local, but we still love we still love the girls. I love how you just gave that a concept. It really needed one. <laughs> Old diamonds for sure. <laughs> okay, so next remix, Pretty Please, Masters at Work remix. First of all, it was so hilarious that you chose this to represent the project. You know why. Yeah, I know. Exactly this one got why. dragged to <laughs> hell and back on Twitter. Yeah, to hell and not back. They got dragged to hell, left in hell to rot and burn. <laughs> I was stoned to shreds last night mm-hmm. and I listened to the whole thing start to end and it worked for me honestly this is not not the remix like the whole club feature nostalgia thing it worked for me I think yeah because it's good yeah the concept is so cool and people were complaining about it not feeling like a mix which I completely disagree with like it flows into each song so seamlessly it works so well my complaint about it is that they could have let it breathe more, less vocals. Like if you're going to do a club remix, mm. do like literally six minute instrumental version because the album has that. Like I've, mm-hmm. I remember when we reviewed Future Nostalgia, I didn't even love it that much, but now I'm like a devout Future Nostalgia fan. And mm-hmm. I feel like the album is so good in the production that they could have done like a six minute instrumental instrumental of like basically every song except for Boys Will Be Boys. Hmm. So that's my take. Well, you're right about the album, though. They cut it super short. My favorite moment, or I mean, like my favorite half is the first half, probably. Mm -hmm. And that includes both Pretty Please remixes. And those two are my favorite songs in all. There's a Midland refix and a Masters at Work remix, which is what we're talking about. And yeah, it flows amazing. Those two remixes on the mixed album are less than two minutes each. True. So yeah, there's no room to breathe. But then again, we also got full-length versions beforehand. Mm. So I'm hoping we get those for the rest as well. But I think it's pretty well done. I mean, I love this song. I love this remix. I do. And first of all, Blessed Madonna had nothing to do with it. Like, let's not forget that. Like, she just mixed them together. Yeah, she just curated it. So that, I mean, I can't believe how sensitive I am about this (laughs) remix album. Like, I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, you're not even like a Dua Lipa stan. 
Like, what is that? I think I just like <laughs> truly haven't heard so many different types of music mixed since I last went out. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like, it's a very genuine display of love mm-hmm. for the club. Mm-hmm. And I'm not used to any pop star doing that. Nope. Not since the days of like the golden days of Kylie and Madonna, who are the yeah. queens of like making a good dance remix. And that's what I love so much about Dua Lipa, specifically this project is like, someone tweeted, someone tweeted like someone's reaction to this. I forget who, but the reaction was just like, Dua Lipa loves music. That was it. And I think it's true. Like this show is just like, she loves music. Yeah, She's a Kylie type of pop star who does it because she loves to get drunk and dance with her gays or whatever. I don't actually know, but <laughs> this just gives me those vibes. Okay, of projecting. Like, yeah, projecting, yeah. <laughs> Those vibes of like, what is that? Like early 2000s when like the girls were making dance pop that was like very mm-hmm. gay. Not EDM-ish, mm-hmm. but just like for the gay clubs, for like Sky Lounge in downtown Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> Obsessed with that. I've been watching Queer as Folk. For whatever reason, the British version of that show is shot in Toronto. What? And the club they go to is Fly 2.0, which I believe is closed now. But yeah, so it's just all these like kind of shit club remixes. And I'm not saying these are shit club remixes, but they have that like four on the floor, like Mm -hmm. endless quality that I really Mm -hmm. got into. The energy is that. And they reference all these other songs and it just like the the references never quit. Mm -hmm. It's, I think it's great. It's like, yeah, it was a joy and the night I listened to it, I had an amazing time. And since then, I've picked favorites, you know, as you do. And I fucking love it. I like half the songs better than the original versions. I think, okay, here's the problem with this project, now that we said how much we love it. Okay. The, pro- the problem was the way it was marketed. Or like, people mm-hmm. came into it think- hating it already because that levitating remix with Madonna was mm-hmm. very underwhelming because the remix doesn't work on its own. Mm-hmm. The remix works better in the context of everything when you realize that it's like an hour long vibe, right? It's like the purpose of that remix was to fit within the larger project that was an hour long dancey vibe. But the three minute remix on its own sounded so disappointing when it came out. I hated it. Yeah. Now I'm like, yeah. I like it in the context, but like she should have just dropped the whole thing instead of splicing it like that. It's not a project to be like fragmented. Mm hmm. And the other thing is that someone else could have curated it. Like, I, I like it, but I don't love the white Madonna. I don't think she's, like, the best DJ out there. She's, like, politically toxic, first of all. Yeah, first of all. Yeah, I don't see why she had to do it. I'm guessing they met somewhere. Like, that's... Yeah. I mean, literally, it must have been a personal decision, right? It, like, makes I no sense. So. It makes no sense otherwise. You know who would have been great at this? Who? Honey Dijon. Dijon? 100%. Honey Dijon. Yeah. It's obvious, yeah. She has the, like, gay dance credibility. She can deconstruct a pop song better than anyone mm-hmm. I know. Like, I love mm-hmm. her remix of that Madonna song, I Don't Search, I Find. Like, she just knows it. She just knows how to do this. And I think that yeah. the white Madonna, the blessed Madonna, just does different kind of more... <laughs> like, her vibe is to try and do more serious techno, which is not what yeah. you do with Future Nostalgia. That's what the levitating remix was for sure, yeah. And to put Madonna and Missy on that of all things was a strange mm. choice. A strange choice. But then you have the Paul Wolford remix of Hallucinate, in my opinion, goes down easier than the original Hallucinate. Mm. Super unpopular opinion. People love that song, but I don't know. I couldn't get into it. It's one of my least favorite, actually. Yeah. I agree with you, though, about the criticism of the original, of the of the Pretty Please remix. It's I don't get it. And then you said it on Twitter. It was like, this is just like when people were dragging Charlie from that isolated track. It's very yeah. easy to hate on it because it, it is so many things at once, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't work. Yeah. I mean, sure, it's like maximal, but I think it's a highlight of the album, period. Hmm. It's like of, a, of the mix, it's like that is the moment that people would lose it in the club. Oh my God, imagine That's just how that. it works. Because the chaotic nature of that in a real dance floor, like in a club, holy fuck. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, people haven't been to clubs like we have. That's going to sound like so silly, but really young people listen to this music and tweet on Twitter. 
you know? <laughs> like, yeah. if you don't get it, you don't get it. <laughs> if you don't get the vibe, you don't get the vibe. Yeah, if you don't get the <laughs> fucking vibe, then it's like, unsubscribe from my channel, you know? I feel like this is the perfect moment to chime in. I was driving back from a trip recently, like this two-hour drive, and we were mm-hmm. listening to Kylie Minogue, because my boyfriend mm-hmm. loves Kylie Minogue, and so do I. As you and should. I would say, as you yeah, should. Yeah, as I should. And I was saying, like, throughout my life, and like, like from like 2014 to 16, I was really into like techno, like going to actual techno parties where you hear zero lyrics. And then before that, I was more into like top 40 type dance gay parties. But I, what I would love is some sort of like in between where you like go to a party and they just play like this kind of like pop music remix that is like not pop, but also non like fucking perk or live on vincent type techno that just like destroys mm. your skull like i don't need that all the time i want like listenable dance music like i know there's some people like it but it's not i'm too old for that now i've had my phase of that i'm over it <laughs> the point is like future nostalgia like taps into that like middle ground of like dancey pop but that was mm. answer i have to wonder techno that's played in clubs shies away from lyrics completely generally completely Whereas then the flip side is like a queer, like SoundCloud leaning club that's like all remixes, you know? Right, right, right. It's like yeah. all Nightcore or whatever. So there's no, there's no in between really in this way. And I think Blessed Madonna made it have the techno leaning that it does. Because it's not a natural fit, really. My last thing on this will be that Boys Will Be Boys, the remix of Boys Will Be Boys is listenable which mm. to me just signals that it's successful because the original track is fucking trash. 100%, yeah. It's like unlistenable. Yeah. But the remix is good. So to me, that just makes the whole thing hot. That just one track makes it hot. Anyways, Dua Lipa Industry Plant, how did she get so much money? And you know what? Like Moody Man charges a lot, I bet. <laughs> I bet, yeah. And I'm sure that the White Madonna does too. Oh, honestly, for sure she does, yeah. Yeah. Just more proof that... um. You can take Dua out of Albania. You can't take Albania out of Dua. <laughs> Did you see that shit where people were saying that all the Albanian pop stars were being funded by the Albanian mob? Oh, no, I didn't. Love to hear it, though. Dua Lipa, Bebe, is it Bibi or Bebe? Rexa. Bibi. <laughs> Ava Max and, and Miss Rita Ora. Ava Max is Albanian? No way. Yeah, she is, allegedly. There's something up, if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> It's like a few too many, you know? Yeah. Especially for a country like Albania. It's not that big of a country. Let's get into our next song. Next remix. It's Birthday. MJ Cole remix. It's a song by Disclosure, Kalani, and Sid. To include the song because one i love mj cole and two it improves the song like 10 times over two how did you like it i'm not familiar with the original and you'd think that i would listen to it considering i was supposed to talk about it on the podcast but <laughs> you thought wrong if you thought so i did enjoy the remix a lot i had this really r-worded moment where i was listening to it without seeing who had remixed it and i was writing down my notes this sounds so much like this closure and then i used my own two eyes to read that it was in fact the disclosure remix literally by them <laughs> but it was it sounds like okay like i feel like this closure at this point in time is like a um, guilty pleasure mm-hmm. but their first album went off like that album was mm-hmm. fun uh and that yeah. gives me that kind of vibe very uncomplicated like uk garage fun Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It wasn't like groundbreaking. It's not something that I'm going to like put in my top 10 list of the year, but it did the job. It made me, it made it, I enjoyed it. It's a good vibe. And um, mm-hmm. as someone who made a UK garage track this weekend, I can say there is nothing <laughs> simple about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to make. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Vocal samples all over the damn place. 
It made it catchier. It made it somehow more chill. It made it everything. It's great. Dude. MJ Cole is my king, and this episode goes out to you, bud. <laughs> bud. MJ Cole. Anyway, yeah, that's all I got, too. That was a quickie, but... Yeah, that's fine. I don't have anything else to say. I deeply respect all yeah. of what that was. So, let's move on. That's So, her name is Katy Perry. <laughs> She's a recording artist. Uh, known for hits <laughs> such as <laughs> no so smile so katie Perry released an album a couple of weeks a week ago i don't even know now it debuted at number five i'm pretty sure which is COVID really slay. bad for a big act even lana debuts at number three mm-hmm. so she's an indie act now for sure katie anyways smile came out and as part of it i guess she released a couple of remixes actually one by georgia Mor- moroder the disco legend whose last name i can't pronounce the Georgia Murder one is a pretty good vibe. I mean, I like the production on it better than the original production of Smile, that's for sure. I don't like Smile the song, so I feel like I'm starting off, for me at least, like a, at a place of disadvantage. I don't yeah. like that song at all. I mean, it's the single. You can't do anything about it. Yeah. It's the t- fucking album title, even. <laughs> Literally the title track. And my first, at first when I listened to the remix, I was like, is this even a remix? I feel like it's a very light remix like the he doesn't really change the song that much which to me is the first he so does yeah oh really he does change it it's just it's like the same tempo as the original but it's like yeah i guess that's why it's like instrumentation it's like full orchestra vibes i I, love it i do hear the disco like bleeps and bloops are like very traditional i don't know how to explain i'm not going to sing again because i already humiliated myself earlier in the podcast but i love it they're like yeah they're like sweeping whooshes and bloops and bleeps of like georgia murder disco which is very signature sound and i like that yeah so i can see what you mean i just feel like it wasn't for me the song for me to like this remix it would have had to completely change the song (laughs) because <laughs> i hate this one right so much. Yeah. to like not be the song yeah. well to me mm-hmm. it seems like this could have been the original version of the song oh well that's tea. like it makes you realize that it could have been this kind of like funky mm-hmm. more vast tune than it was instead totally. of this like crunchy screamy pop yep. roar thing you know yep. it's very that which is what it is it's very like screamy roar type vibe and i think she was just playing to her strength because i mean obviously mm. roar and fireworks are like her biggest hits right but there's moments in the album and smile like i think it's cry about it later that has like a instrumental at the end it's more rocky but it sounds really good and i feel like even though it's not the same genre combined like it would have worked like this version would have worked well with that vibe in the album so less of the Rory, more of the like, I don't know. Yeah. Even like, even um, what's it? What's the name of that song that we love? Never really over. Even that is has a a cooler vibe than mm-hmm. Smile. The ter- the track. Oh yeah. Yeah. It fits well with Daisies, but like, I mean, I would say the singles are everyone's least favorite songs. Mm-hmm. That's a very Gaga move of her. And yeah, Champagne Problems fits perfectly with the Georgia Murder remix That's too. true. Yeah. So we're piecing together like a better what album could have been. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it is probably like label meddling, being like, "Okay, you might need a bit more like Katy Perry type hits or something." I don't know. Because think about it, like the first singles from this, "Never Really Over" and "Harlings in Hawaii," are so mm. moody. They're not Katy Perry traditional Katy Perry, which is like what we were describing they're mm-hmm. much more like teenage dream Katy perry they're like a moody mm-hmm. like kind of chill cool You're song. right yeah and they worked i mean i love those songs i do too yeah there's a lot of like cutesy like quirky yeah, twee totally. stuff too which we haven't mentioned yet that really i hate really i hear like three different albums in this album that's true yeah and that yeah. has to be a label thing how many more albums does she have on her contract like yeah who knows End it. End it already. I think this album, though, like raises a lot of questions about the future of Katy Perry. Like, what can she do Stop. next? What she <laughs> gonna do next? 
Yeah, like sing on a Catronada beat. Yeah, I mean, her her whole era of being a big pop girl is over, I think. When you debut a number five, uh, I'm sorry, but you're like an alternative act now. You're like bubbling under Billboard kind of act. So she now has to pivot to like some sort of quote-unquote serious sound, I feel like. I hope it's not like going back to her like twee, you're so gay era, because that would suck. Hmm. Yeah, like, what are the Twee songs on this? Like, Tucked? <laughs> and then, I think, Resilient? Yeah. Oh, I hated that song so much. That was, like, my uh, favorite song. And Not the End of the World is, like, um, it kind of sounds like a song from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. You know? <laughs> it's, like, very Marvel. <laughs> like, Moody Trap. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> so, yeah, Flawed Album. A couple high highs, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the single. I like teary highs. eyes and all its like EDM basicness. Mm-hmm. The lows are low, the highs are high. The remix right. is good, but to me, it's just good. It's not yeah. like impressive, but I, I I know where you're coming from. It definitely is an improvement. It's just like improving shit. It's still gonna be shit. The remix, yeah. yeah. This is another album I listened to like the minute it came out, like this and the Duo remix album, and I had a great time listening to it once all the way through. It's just that. Once you get to the second time, it's like, oh, I don't want to hear this inspirational song. I don't want to hear this cutesy song. It's like I have maybe two songs I like to hear now. That's what I hated about Resilient. Like once I hit Resilient, I skipped Daisies and started with that because I had to re-listen to it and I hated it. So when I hit Resilient, I was like, I don't need, I don't need inspirational songs. Like that's just not my vibe right now. But I found her voice like deeply nostalgic like i really want her to keep making music true when she's good she's so good you know that's how i feel about any pop star really that's a fair assessment of most pop stars the reaction to katie that this album to smile has been funny i feel like the like more cynical twitter gays are the ones who are liking it the most i think mostly because like she's due a rebirth like everyone hated witness so much that it's kind of like cool now to like her in a way but i think that the album is really not there like to me it's just not it's not there impressive at all yeah no i do like i do love an underdog always yeah, same. like when like the attention falls back just a little i mean for me that was witness yeah and these days witness isn't sounding great but i did love it at the time and yeah, I mean, that happened with Muramasa in January. Like he released an album that no one heard. That's really good. And I still really like. It happens with literally every artist. Like it's happened yeah. to Kate Trinata. No one really cares about him anymore. Girls, well, yeah, the pop stars. Yeah, pop they definitely have like cycles sure. of like being hated or being loved. No in between. Everyone has their flop era. I mean, art pop, Lady Gaga. Yeah, for sure, for sure. There's a blueprint at this point. COVID is, like, ripe for flop eras, I feel. Yeah. Okay, anyways, I'm ready to move on from this. Okay. So that was Smile, Giorgio Moretta remix, vaguely. (laughs) And I think we're done. Yay. Let us know what you think about the remixes. Let us know (laughs) if you think there's another cool remix out there that we should listen to. Shoot us a YouTube link, whatever. (laughs) You're going to dinner now? Uh, in a bed, yeah. Hmm. I'm never. I've never met my boyfriend's parents. Oh, so it's a very stressful situation. Yeah, that is stressful. I don't want to do this at all, but I have to. I've been postponing it. We've been postponing it because I think he's dreading it as much as I am. Because oh my god, they don't speak English. I don't speak French. Or like they do speak English, I think a bit, and I do speak a bit of French, but it's just going to be awkward. I feel like, or I'm. I'm predicting that. Which means What's like the restaurant vibe? The worst what genre? Uh, house. It's a home. <laughs> home cooked meal. <laughs> home cooked meal. House genre. House genre. Okay. Yeah, they play house at the. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Okay, so that's intimate. I almost yeah. wish it was in a restaurant for your sake. No, I think I'm better off at a restaurant. Just adds a lot of variables, more people to deal with. You know? <laughs> like the ordering drama exactly okay. yeah, the ordering yeah, drama right. they're like arriving at the restaurant finding the table drama it's too much <laughs> oh, i'm cringing for my autistic self <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah i'm doing that i'm sure it'll be fine i mean i'm just never been good with parents i'm very shy around parents because i never learned 
how to deal with like authority figures, I guess. Yeah. So I, my shyness comes off as like being rude sometimes, I feel like. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess I could tell you what I've been up to. I mean, it hasn't changed. I know, I feel the same I've way. I've been working kind of a lot suddenly, so. Really, you have? Yeah. I'm the opposite. I'm unemployed now. And it's kind of depressing. Deeply. Yeah. I understand right. that. Yeah. It won't last, don't worry. I hope not. I mean, it's like hard because what is a English graduate going to do in the middle of a pandemic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about like teaching Japanese online? <laughs> by that I mean teaching English to Japanese people. <laughs> Stupid. That's uh, <laughs> a sign this episode's over. Yeah. I could do that. I'm so fucking precious and lazy. And what I hate about those jobs is that the hours are so shit. Oh yeah. Like it's literally like either 4 a.m. or like, you know, you have to either go, either stay up really late or wake up really early. Okay. Um, I think like late would be perfect. No, it's like too late. Like if it was like midnight, it would be perfect. But it's like literally mm. just like when even it's like pushing it, like it would fuck on my whole okay. schedule. I am looking at jobs. Like Montreal has a lot of jobs in like video game, in the video game industry. And they hire mm-hmm. people to like test the video games and like correct the language or whatever. So I might look into that because they hire people who speak Spanish a lot. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Montreal right now, is huge for that. They do all the like Tomb Raider games. Oh, they do. I didn't know that. Square Enix, yeah. They do. Well, Ubisoft is here, so they... Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of games they make. Montreal is huge for bagels, porn, and video games. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember I, I ran into Jake Bass on the subway once. On the metro, <laughs> sorry. I remember seeing him on Grinder back in the day. Where is he now? I don't know. Definitely retired. He's one. too old for the twink <laughs> act. Right. It's sad. It spits you right out. Just like... Yeah. Toronto's spitting me out in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> From your twink act. Yeah. Oh, he looks rough. I'm on Jacob. Jacob. Jacob Bass. Bass. Um, Twitter. Wait, I'm looking it up. Oof. Jacob Kelly Bass. I don't know what, what the ad is, though. Oh, it's at fucking, fucking Jake, Jake Bass. Bass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, like, picture with his, like, Golden highlights doesn't look very good. Oh, he's handsome. He watches tennis. Do people still use Snapchat? He said on September 2nd. They don't. I think Europeans still use it. Oh, I see this blonde highlights one. Yeah, really he bad. Like he, yeah, he looks it's like just the glasses, though. The glasses are literally the wrong shape and size. Okay, I don't trust you. I think it's just ugly. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, can we look behind him? Is he in Montreal still? I think, that, I think so, because that picture looks like Montreal. I mean, it could be like northern Toronto. <laughs> it really could, yeah. That's a problem with North American cities. They all look the same. Yeah. So, I have something to bring up with you. Oh my God, what is it? You went on private on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I have to ask if you're okay. Um, I'm not. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm okay. I just had, so last weekend I went on a little trip, literally like three days to right. a cottage, I want to say, I don't know, some sort of house, rustic house by the St. Lawrence River. And I wasn't checking my phone, obviously. And then I had this moment and I wasn't even high. I wasn't, I was just smoking weed, but oh. I do that every day. But I had this moment where I checked my phone. I checked Twitter after like literally days of not. And I tried to like follow a conversation on Twitter and I just realized how in order to follow along to Twitter, you have to put your brain into the most toxic (laughs) way of thinking, even to just enjoy the most random tweet. I mean, I'm exaggerating. Yeah. It just feels like you for Twitter, you have to really keep up with it. And then on top of that, you have to have a mindset of like either like constant criticism constant like blase like over everything and mm-hmm. also just constant information you have to be like, uh, like be willing to have constant like flow of takes or like i don't know political yeah. information takes you didn't ask for and yeah. you didn't ask for so when i opened yeah. my f- when i like looked at my phone and checked twitter like i had this like intense moment of like just a pang in my brain 
Yeah. Where like I could feel the like mental health drain away from my like s- neurons from like brain cells and just go away and wither. And I was like, fuck, Twitter really is bad for me. Um, so you've like dropped Twitter a bit. I mean, it's clear to everyone. To everyone. <laughs> the Queen of England is wondering. I haven't been tweeting. I just also haven't been inspired. They don't deserve you. From I had this like moment of realization that I just, it just really fucks up my mind. And I think everyone knows that. It's just harder mm-hmm. to act on it on like during your routine. And I even mm-hmm. see myself already getting back to it just because mm-hmm. when you're living your normal life, your brain adapts much better to that mindset of Twitter. But that just means that my brain is constantly being like toxic, if that makes sense. And you want those constant pangs of like info and controversy and, yeah. and like drama. Outrage. My thing also is that I'm really susceptible to like susceptible to like being outraged like if i see an opinion that i don't agree with i get really fucking pissed in a way that i just shouldn't i should learn how to like let it go more easily but i just can't physically i get so angry well people make entire um lifestyles of tweeting about tweets they don't like yeah (laughs) so it's like yeah how do you avoid it yeah even if you curate your feed to like not have people blasting, obliterating Trump all the time, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, you still see Trump's tweets. You still see other tweets of people obliterating other people. Yeah. (laughs) Like the obliteration (laughs) never ends. Just one day without obliteration, please. Literally, just one day of fun. And that's the thing. I feel like, I think there's a subjective element to it. Like I really am not, like the trip allowed me to see, oh, there's life outside of that. And it's like so much healthier. But- Mm. There's an objective side to it. And I think that Twitter has really gone down the drain since COVID. Mm-hmm. Twitter used to be fun. It used to be shitty, annoying, but there were fun moments to it. Yeah, I feel like now the fun moments are like few and far in between. In, be- yeah. like, in between either like, yeah, brutal takedowns of people with each other. Mm-hmm. In between like, I also think I like just got it to over the pandemic. I started following too many like political shit. Mm-hmm. And not even like blue check political shit, but like the random Marxist with like 700 followers who actually reads Marx a lot. So like their discussions, it's always these like big and very like aggressive mm-hmm. debates over like, I don't know, the definition of the word value in Marxist that's capital. And it's like, oh my God, mm-hmm. I just can't deal with that. I get a lot of like protest updates. I don't think it's just covid i think it's like the world as a whole yeah there's not a lot of room for like memes right now it seems exactly. like and there was at one point but there was at one point i mean maybe there shouldn't have been but there was <laughs> and yeah so you went on that trip that was mm-hmm. last weekend Andy was on a trip too and i had like the group chat was dead listener yeah. i'm telling you this it was really <laughs> a hard world to live in so yeah we're all like addicted to our little timelines in our own different way yeah but not having that chat made me get into a fight with my mom it made me lose it (laughs) truly and you were on twitter like it was yeah fucking disaster i'm telling you it was just like i was trying to sustain the the off the grid lifestyle that i had for those three days because it really felt so good Hmm. but then i realized that it's unsustainable in real life like it felt good only because it's a break I can't do that for too long or even that's going to start feeling bad. I feel like yeah. maybe, but yeah, I felt bad because I only was checking my phone like at night when I went back to my bedroom mm-hmm. and it was like thousands of messages Yeah, yeah. and you were like, where are you guys? What are you guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like screaming into a void <laughs> because yeah, Twitter was like not a good distraction. Yeah. And I think at least the three of us, like I'm not saying we're like, galaxy brain tweeter tweeters we're not the smartest we're probably pretty okay but we're good at not letting ourselves get too outraged on the timeline like i get outraged and i like internalize it but i don't externalize it on twitter that much Mm -hmm. because i feel like we have the group chat to do that if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like if we get really annoyed or we want to make fun of someone we kind of do it on the group chat yeah and that allows us to not have to do it on twitter so yes. when we were not around, you probably didn't have that outlet. And yes. it just like, oh, it's like a pressure cooker and you like exploded in, <laughs> against your poor mom who had nothing. Not poor mom. Actually, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the fight was about. Maybe you were in the, maybe she was in the wrong. 
It was about like everything and nothing, much yeah. like a Real Housewives reunion. I love that. Yeah, yeah. That's why that's why Housewives is such a good show because that's how real fights happen. They're like about <laughs> everything and about nothing. They're about something else, yeah. something much grander than the yeah. actual topic at hand. Yeah. It's not about Lisa Vanderpump trying to do the dog thing. It's about Lisa Vanderpump being a manipulator. Yeah. At the core of herself, yeah. So, okay, I feel, I feel fine you now. I feel fine now, yeah. I'm, I'm slowly making a comeback. I've tweeted a lot today. I mean, honestly, I like your tweets, but I don't care if you tweet. Like, I just need you in that group chat, you yeah. know? Um, I need you here on this pod, and that'll, that'll do. Mm-hmm. I also just haven't felt funny, you know? It just hasn't come to me anymore. Maybe I lost my muse. <laughs> Which is? I don't know, like despair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of that. It'll come back. I definitely have faces, though, where I like just don't, I'm not inspired, but then. Yeah, this it week. It just comes back. Yeah. Less inspired than ever, I would say. The fight, by the way, was about me, basically, the fact that, that I should have been in London in April. That was your plan, yeah. Like months ago, I should have moved out, yeah. Well, we could have. But everyone has their own. COVID broken plans yeah exactly yeah so whatever and I'm, I'm i'm also i like i'm also i can't imagine living with my living with my mom throughout covid i get that a lot is it the first fight you guys had yeah that's like impressive honestly like it would have taken me three days to fight with my mom yeah yeah it's yeah it's tough either way yeah. even if there's no fight it's like it can be tough in its own ways like micro ways you know mm-hmm but yeah, we got it out, so it's fine. Does she work? Yes, but we're both working from home, so it's oh, like... Oh, that's rough. I mean, show me the space, you know? I can't even like find room to work out in my house, let alone get work done. Yeah, that's why, the, that's why we've been going to the gym so much. You're going to get so mm-hmm. ripped out of just like... That's right. That's getting the plan. some space. That's exactly right. Yeah, It's literally it. the only way it works. It's either like... You either, either when you go to the gym to like run away from something or like run towards something, Mm. either when you're like trying to like actively impress a guy or something. So that really drives you or when you're like running away from like your roommates or whatever. (laughs) That's what it's good for. For sure. And that's it. Okay. Thanks for listening to my rant. Yep. Thanks for listening to the episode. Listener, dear listener, and we'll see you in two weeks. Yep. Bye. 